What is it about the Midwest? Outsiders do not understand. Everyone nods, gives the heartland hello. Surrounded by corn, rivers, and lakes, we are discovering the Midwest disturbing side. This is Midwest Crime, and I'm Nico. And I'm Jess. Thanks for joining us on this voyage. We want to remind you that supervision is necessary um, in most of our episodes, mm -hmm. if not especially this part two of the Oklahoma Girl Scout murders. Yes. Um, as you just heard, Girl Scout murders, it's about younger people, some really um, brutal information that we're covering. And mm -hmm. if you didn't listen to the first part, <laughs> go back, please <laughs> listen, or you'll be a little confused. Yeah, just a little bit. Mm -hmm. We gave some good information the last episode, I think. We did. Um, but if you don't want to listen to the whole episode, we'll give you a little refresher. Or if you're like me and, you know, need the refresher. Yeah, we'll definitely. Same. I'm yeah, like that, yeah. too. I, I like the refreshers. It's <laughs> right. cool. Um, so, like Nico was saying, this is the Oklahoma Girl Scout murders. Um, it happened in the Ozark Hills of Oklahoma in 1977. Yeah. Um, the specific camp camping place they were at was Camp Scott. And mm -hmm. we'll reiterate that... We're focusing on the Kiowa camp at yes. that place and even focusing more so on tent number eight. Yep, the last tent. Yes, the very last mm -hmm. tent in the little bit denser, deeper parts of the forest. Right. Mm -hmm. um, we also want to remind you all that this is covering three young girls. We have Laura Lee Farmer, who is eight years old, Michelle Heather Gus, who is nine, and Doris Denise Mil Milner, who was mm -hmm. 10 years old. And all three of those young girls were staying together in tent eight. And one of the things that we mentioned in the last episode was um, their camp counselors. Mm -hmm. They were all females, mm -hmm. and so was the director of the campground. Yes. Um, which was something that we said was uh, interesting and maybe important mm -hmm. to know. Yes. Um, and Definitely. Yeah. Because, was, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say it was the first night that they were actually at the camp yes. that this incident happened. Yeah. So they got there, and yeah. within 24 hours, their lives yeah. were taken from them. And it was supposed to be a two-week-long stay. It was, yeah. 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 And I don't know if you remember from the last episode, but the we I mentioned towards the end that all the other um, Girl Scouts were sent home right, that evening yeah. because... Like they don't know what's happening, right? They yeah, they have an, a murder investigation or, yeah. or uh, yeah, an incident that would have happened. They had to investigate what this happened? whole thing, yeah, because yeah. this happened in the middle of the night. Everybody else was sleeping. Nobody knows what happened. So, right. and you can't put those other kids in danger if something bad purposefully did happen, right? You know, it's, I agree. <laughs> they got to definitely look out for the safety of. We were talking about it was almost 30 young girls that yeah. were at the campsite. So, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people that they have to um, be responsible for. And Yeah, I'm glad you pointed that out because, like, the Kiowa camp had about 30 girls. Right, like, there was, yeah. A, on top of that, there was also, I think it was 10 different, different other campsites. campsites. Yeah. So That's like 300. Yeah, that's a lot that's of almost girls. Almost how many people I went to school with. <laughs> right? Yeah, honestly. Sense, like so. all four grades. Yes. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah, that's yeah. how that's uh, our high school was. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's a good point to bring up. Yeah, there. so there's a lot of children that could be 
mm-hmm. you know, affected if, if they're, you know, somebody, something happening purpose, yeah. purposefully. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we mentioned yeah. it that like the first night it was raining. So they mm-hmm. were like writing their family letters mm-hmm. and just kind of hanging out in their tent and mm-hmm. just, you know, enjoying camp life because they couldn't have a campfire or be out. But, you know, still were up giggling yeah. in their tents. You and get having... two new girls that you yeah. meet, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> it's kind of fun to just get to know one each other on yeah. that first night. I think it was kind of a, a good bonding experience. Mm-hmm. I'm sure being condensed into the right. tent area. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, another, some other things we want to touch on. Uh, so there was some noises happening earlier right. in the night, which led on all the, almost all the way through the night that people yeah. were hearing weird noises. Um, there was screams from girls, um, young girls crying out for their moms, This was all reported from the other campsites that were around Camp Mm -hmm. Kiowa. And there was like kind of some grumbling Mm -hmm. or some, you know, it wasn't, we weren't quite sure of what it was actually that people heard, but they heard some. Yeah, whether it was animal Mm -hmm. related or if it was human. Yeah, there's controversy, I guess, but. Yeah. I'll never know. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's a mystery. Um, let's see. Where was I? Sorry. No, <laughs> um, that's okay. So, yeah. W- Camp yeah. Kiowa, there was, we're focusing on camp tent number eight. Um, last time I described the tents, right. how they were formed and stuff, it was just like a piece of wood underneath of them, and then the drapes coming down over mm-hmm. the sides and the fronts. You could enter from the rear or the front part of it. You can kind of do whatever. Um, it wasn't a zip-up tent that no. we're used to these days. Right, yeah. yeah. I kind of, I don't know if it, like, Velcroed shut maybe or something. Yeah, but... Sometimes I think maybe rope ties, Oh, that's too, probably what it was, yeah. Maybe. Um, but I know that some of them just literally the flaps fell together, and that's what, you know, old-school camping. Yeah, <laughs> it, and it was, too. Yeah. If you go and look at the images mm-hmm. of these tents, like, you'll be like, Oh, yeah, that oh, yeah. is some old school tenting right yeah. there. <laughs> um, Props to these young girls. Yeah. Like, yeah, this is fun. Yeah, right? <laughs> True. Um, so one of the camp counselors, uh, Carla, was the first to find one yeah. of the girls um, dead in one of the, on, like, not in the path, but just outside of mm-hmm. the path of, like, the walking path through the campgrounds. She immediately ran and, you know, woke everybody up, checked right. checked the other kids, make sure everybody was okay, um, and then got the uh, director involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and we talked about for a brief moment of whether, you know, what decision do you make at that point mm-hmm. of, you know, do you go check on all the other girls or do you go immediately and get help? But maybe those other girls need something that's, They could you be know, in danger. Right. You don't know. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So. Right. And interesting. that Carla is under 21. You yeah. Know, and she's dealing and handling this. And it seems as though she's handling it quite well. I agree. You know, yes. Kind of sure. just taking care of what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Um, they do find um, Denise Milner's body. Um, mm-hmm. That was the first one to be found. And then the director's husband also found uh, the other two girls, Lori Farmer and Michelle Gus. In which was sleeping yeah bags. in their sleeping bags i i believe they were also off the path a little bit okay so it's kind of hard to explain just it, like I a guess. walking path yeah pretty much so like one was found here but the other two were found mm. kind of a little bit further away right. but 
still out in the woods, kind mm -hmm. of. And like something, if you were just walking on your way, you may not have noticed those other girls off in the distance, but because there was attention drawn, you know, they were able to see them. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly how it is. Mm -hmm. um, the girls' families were told that it was an accident yeah. because at that moment, like we were saying earlier, the people, the, the camp directors had no idea what was going on. Like right. they were woken up 6 a.m. Mm -hmm. with three girls who are dead now. Right. And, and what you happened? Don't know, yeah, you don't know if it was some someone or something or an accident. You right. know where, and and it kind of reminds me of a few years ago when the kids were playing that suffocating game. Did you not hear about that? I don't think so. It was like a teenager thing that they would purposefully like pass out, pa pass themselves out. And it was like a game. Really? That, yeah. That's nuts. Right? Yeah. So it kind of, and I mean, this is the 70s, so who knows what these kids are up to, but it kind of reminds me of that to where, you know, they are just playing a game that they're trying to suffocate themselves, which is terrible, but... You know, there's no criminal intent there. Yeah. It's just kids being kids and trying to be goofy yeah. and have fun mm. and get an adrenaline rush. Um, but, you know, it's something like at this point, the camp director and counselors, they don't know if it's something like that, that yeah. they're just kids were goofing around and it got out of hand, mm -hmm. or if it is someone or attacked something them. that attacked them. Yeah. yeah. Good, good. Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. Um, you know. We're going to take a quick break right here, and then uh, this next part, we're going to get into the investigation. There's quite a few details in it. Um, I hope I explain it well enough yeah, going through. Yeah, I'm excited sure. to tell you all. So. Me too. All right, we'll be back in a bit. Welcome back, crew. And as you know, we're covering the Oklahoma Girl Scout murders, possibly, mm -hmm. is what we were just talking about. Mm -hmm. And now we're going to kind of dive into the investigation. Jess is going to share some information with us. Maybe we'll learn more a little bit about if it was someone or something. Right. And I know we previously mentioned in the last episode, it is a cold case, Yes. but maybe we'll get some information, maybe get yeah. some people talking about it, you know, and see, see what happens. Yeah, yeah definitely. So there was a lot. So the investigation was definitely necessary mm -hmm. because there was just so so much weird evidence that they found. Okay. Um but still not enough to convict somebody of this crime. Yeah. And you see this sometimes in different cases where it's like there is definitely evidence that someone killed someone. Right. But you can't prove who, who did, did it. it. Yeah. yeah. It's awful. But mm -hmm. um so like some of the stuff that was that the investigation team found was a set of boot prints found leading from tent eight to where the bodies were found. So just one set of footprints mm -hmm. that they noticed. Um, there was a uh, blood splatter inside the tent on the floors, on the walls, the, like the canvas part of yeah. the tent, you know, um, it was believed that the killer used a uh, bludgeoned force mm -hmm. on like a blunt object. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, Lori, he's that on Lori and Michelle in the um in the tent. Oh man. And that that is what killed them instantly. instantly yeah. Much. So thank thank God for the instant part, but right. also horrible that it happened. Mm -hmm. Um, you but you do take relief in knowing that they didn't um 
kind of, you know, suffer, suffer. through the end. Definitely, yeah. Uh, so this, the killer, they, they did try to clean up some of the blood splatter. Okay. Uh, he used, like, the bed sheets that he found and left behind, it was very specific, a nine and a half footprint. Mm-hmm. So, which is kind of weird that he would try to cover it up, you know. Yeah. He obviously realizes what he's doing mm-hmm. and is trying to cover it up yet, but doesn't. Do a good job. Yeah, you never do a good job. No, no, ever. And that's the thing that, like, you know, people talk about uh, the Golden State Killer is a good example of this. Mm-hmm. Like, he took specific uh, precautions to make sure he wasn't caught. He wore gloves. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he was a police officer, so he knew what to account for. Right. And what they ended up catching him with was DNA. And it, you know, like you can cover your tracks as best you can, but there is, there is something you leave behind. Always. Whether you scratched your face, there could be a skin particle just chilling somewhere. Right. And it just takes one good um, forensic Scientists, scientists or yeah to figure it out yeah and it's like the smallest thing can make the biggest difference and especially when you're trying to cover something up you can't you can't cover it up 100 percent. oh no you know Mm-mm. it's like you also hear about people selling their cars because they their cars where they did the <laughs> crimes and it's like uh, now we know you sold it. Right, yeah, now we know. have it on record that you sold, you know, yeah. your car, Joe, to, you know, right. this man named Bob, you right. know? Yeah, yeah. Like exactly. Yeah. <laughs> people try to cover it up. Right. Just don't do it. Don't. Just yeah. don't. Just, just listen to us talk about these right. goofballs yeah. doing it. And yeah, then yeah. It'll be enough, but. It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there was evidence um, of sexual assault on both of the bodies, there was semen found on all three of the girls. Um, keep that in mind for later, too. Later, later yeah. Bit. Yeah, okay. Um, the killer also left a red flashlight next to the girls. Uh, there were no weapons found that would have been used for the bludgeoning blows to the oh, girls. okay. To their heads and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it, uh, the coroner said that they were done with the both right and left hand so it's really interesting that they can figure that kind of stuff out Mm -hmm. i think it's amazing like i just don't know how they do it so if you're like a (laughs) corner or somebody who studies this stuff let us know because it's quite amazing in and that's something that's curious to me too because you know some people are ambidextrous kind Mm -hmm. of so it is like Okay, well, at that moment, they hit somebody with their left hand, but they could easily hit someone with their right hand, too. And so it's like, okay, we're all looking for a right-handed thief. And right. it's like, well, okay, they could have actually been left-handed, but the pipe was nearest to the right hand, so that's what they did. Right. Um, but it is interesting, and they talk about it a lot in, like, uh, incidents with knives, where they're like, oh, yeah, because of how the the cut happened uh-huh. they must be right handed yeah. and that stuff is so intriguing it is it it's is. Kind of amazing it's interesting to learn about yeah yeah, yeah mm-hmm. definitely and um so the killer also used different weapons mm-hmm. for this um i don't think there was anything about finding the specific weapons that i okay. could find so if anybody knows anything like you can let definitely us let us know yeah. um but so it was both right and left-handed, mm-hmm. two different weapons. Um, 
And also there was two different types of knots used to bound the girls, which so is interesting. So it doesn't seem organized at all. No, it does not. Kind of chaotic, if that. Right, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and then it makes you think, sorry. No, I, go ahead. It makes you think that, like, were they someone who this was new to them? Because, you know, they have multiple things they're trying out here. Mm -hmm. Or they don't really have a specific weapon or a specific knot of choice. So they don't necessarily know what works best. Yeah. Or not any, that anyone would work best. Right. But, right. But, like, in their opinion, you know, what is working best, they don't really have that, it seems. Yeah. So it is, like... Could this be this first time for this person? Mm -hmm. um, or is it, you know, that they have done it before and they know that, you know, you the police can figure stuff out. So let me do things kind of chaotically. Right. Yeah. It's no, that's a good point. Because now yeah. I'm thinking like um, why he would have, why the killer would have mm -hmm. looked into tent to number seven. And then carried on to yeah. 10 or 8. Maybe he was going through trying to find the one with the less amount of mm -hmm. girls in it. So Because it could have been new, you know? Well, and I kind of vaguely remember, and now I don't know if this is okay. correct or not, but I remember hearing on one of the stories that I listened to about this particular case that the other tents had four girls in them. Oh, okay. And this one only did have three. Oh. Now, Again, like I said, I'm just going off my memory, so right. this might not be a hundred percent. But I'm I want to say that that is the case that all the tents had four people in them, but number eight had That's only the three, three girls. So you know, maybe he was like, well, three is less than four, or whoever it was, right. three is less than four, so I can handle you know, taking three girls on versus that Four. fourth one might just be too much. Right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Good. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for remembering that because yeah. I don't remember reading anything about it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, cool. I love that. All right. Random um, facts. Yeah, yeah, we love it. It's great. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, we're not always like 100% on right. everything. I mean, we read multiple stories to get one what big story can. here, yeah. you know, so. Mm -hmm. um, and we're not professionals. We do this because we enjoy doing it. Yes, and we do. We enjoy you know, having that community with our listeners. Mm -hmm. We're not journalists. Oh, no. no, not even in the world. Nor are we investigators. <laughs> not quite. We try, but <laughs> we are couch detectives. Yes. And podcasters. Yes. <laughs> right on. All right, let's All right. get back. To All right. So, um, <laughs> this murder was definitely uh, premeditated because what uh, what I found out is they brought a homemade gag. Oh. Um, a specific nylon rope, mm -hmm. and also they brought duct tape with their own duct tape with, um, which yeah. in turn was later like all these items were linked to a theft from a farm like just about a mile up north from Camp Scott. That's interesting. So I don't know exactly what day this theft happened, right. and by the time these murders happened, if those go together, but yeah, that is if something they coincide or something, yeah. you know, right. if it was like the week before that these items went missing and then, you know, mm -hmm. and then it brings up another point of maybe if this person who did these crimes was from the area and knew that the Girl Scouts came into town and did, you know, prepare, prepare. for this. Mm -hmm. Right. Creepy. Um, so because of what the girls saw in tent seven, mm -hmm. a male figure looking into right. the tent, there were definitely multiple men, on camp scott that were suspects of sure the smarter you know mm -hmm. you you gotta 
like before, in lots of cases before you got to go off an eyewitness sometimes right. because that's literally all you have. Yeah. So, and if these girls saw a man peering into their tent, I mean, they got to bring it up. You got to at least investigate mm-hmm. that part of it too. So, uh, and especially, you know, we're talking about the 1970s where right. eyewitness testimony was a lot more than what it is today. They didn't have quite the technology that we have, so they couldn't you know, look down different avenues. Right, yeah. So the two big male suspects that were on the premise of Camp Scott was the director's husband, Mm -hmm. um, who we've talked about a little bit earlier, and then also the groundskeeper. Um, Both of them released due to their own alibis. I'm assuming the director was with her husband at the time. So, like, I feel like that's a pretty good alibi. But I couldn't find anything about the groundskeeper and what Mm -hmm. he was doing. But... Um, the sheriff in charge of the investigation suspected another male. Um, it was he was part of a Cherokee Indian. Okay, um, tribe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, his name was Gene Leroy Hart. Mm. Um, I'm just gonna go by Hart. Yeah, his last name Make for it yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so the sheriff and Hart kind of have a history together. Um, uh, okay. He had been running from his escape for the past. Four years from the local county jail, which mm. is where the sheriff is like in charge of. Right. So he kind of already has um, a bad taste in his mouth. Ex- Hart. Yes, exactly. Um, Hart was a 34 year old at the time of the murder and had a record. He um, almost 10 years prior, he abducted two pregnant females, tied them with a rope, duct taped them, t- duct taped their mouths, uh, raped them and plugged their noses and mouth and left them for dead. Uh, Yes. He also stole and used their prescription glasses to drive. Okay. So, So, yeah, this kind of ties back to those glasses from the tent. Exactly, yeah. So the specific prescription glasses were stolen from these women, Mm -hmm. and then also prescription glasses were stolen from the the campsites. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't I don't know. This yeah. one's kind of tricky to mm-hmm. be a couch detective on. But um, right. so these two females that he abducted and yeah. tried to murder, right. they they did not die. Oh, so they lived. Um, oh he we was, need a little bit of good news. Yeah, in this case. yeah, definitely. Um, he was sentenced. Hart was sentenced to three hundred five years in prison. Um, wow. He disappeared while on parole. Yeah, and like must have got out. I don't yeah. know exactly the details, but um, he was caught again due to burglary so that's another thing there was a a theft Mm -hmm. happened at a farm prescription glasses it really seems and like the sheriff already has beef with this guy it like it really feels like it's this guy yes yeah you think this guy could definitely be a good match right yeah another thing is you know and you hear in shows and different things or like different accounts where like mobsters and criminals Mm -hmm. we'll talk about the difference between criminals and like psychopaths and that you know criminals almost have a code of honor they burglar or they steal stuff they do different things but they don't kill women and children and then psychopaths you know don't have reservations on what they do and so this kind of reminds me of that to where it's like he clearly had no issue uh, hurting two pregnant women. Mm-hmm. Why why you would grab two pregnant women is beyond me. 
But then you have these three younger girls. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, well, it's not much of a stretch to say if you were able to hurt two pregnant women that you could probably hurt two or three younger yeah, females definitely. as well. Mm -hmm. You know, and that just, whenever pregnant women are involved, it just, oh God, it's awful. Yeah, it it's is. Hard. It oh, is. It's very, even very hard. with the young. So thank you for sticking with yeah. us if you're still listening. Yeah, we're if proud you of you. If you had to go. I can understand, but we'll catch you in the next show. Uh-huh, definitely. <laughs> All right, let's get. All right. Um, so Hart definitely seemed like a good suspect, as we mm -hmm. were just describing. Um, but it was said that his Cherokee tribe was helping him avoid the police because they really yeah. believed that he was innocent. And okay. um, in like, the, the feud between the sheriff and Hart here, mm -hmm. they definitely were like, well, just because the sheriff doesn't like you doesn't mean you did these this crying right. kind of thing. So they were really trying to help him out. Um, and then another thing that I found that I wanted to point out is he, it said that he had a vasectomy. So oh, I don't know yeah. if y'all know what that is, but you get snipped right. and stuff. And like, I don't know much about it, but I didn't know if how that all worked after you yeah. get snipped. So I don't, I don't know exactly how that works. Right. I would assume that obviously Things still work, right? But the semen part is what why they may, you know, have brought that up because right. then that evidence wouldn't have been there. Exactly. Yeah. He, definitely. You know. Yes. Yeah, so interesting. Yeah, I just yeah. want to throw that out there. If you guys want to do your own research, too, you are more than welcome. Yeah. But um, so it's, yeah, yeah, they got dogs involved with this as well. Okay. Because they didn't have you know real good suspects Much and stuff, so they were like, yeah. let's get these dogs in here and find find out what's going on um but unfortunately they couldn't they couldn't find anything um there were uh, they there were tips coming in from the public who were following the case because everybody wanted to know kind of what was going on and it's especially smaller, with it being so gruesome and younger, younger. kids and mm. a camp that i mean probably known to the area camp scott is Probably a big place that, you know, people they know, know and mm -hmm. if something bad's happened in there, people want to be involved. Absolutely. People want to, you know, take care of their community. Yeah. Well, they definitely gave um, some good tips. There was caves near Camp Scott Ooh. that they, some people told mm -hmm. the investigation team about. And there was three specifically that had quite a bit of evidence in it that could lead to literally like anybody, but a lot of it back to heart. I, okay. I feel that's my opinion. Right. But yeah. so this first cave that the team investigated had like women's underwear in it, a pair of glasses again, uh, that belonged to one of the camp counselors at camp okay. Scott. So that's really yeah. sketchy. So this person had to think for prescription glasses, right. obviously it's kind of weird, but, um, and then also a piece of newspaper, that matched part of the newspaper shoved between the batteries of a flashlight. So, you know, like sometimes they don't quite catch yep. and you shove something in there. Mm -hmm. So there, the newspaper that was used for those batteries were in, found in this cave. Hmm. Um, there was also a photograph that was linked to a photography program in the prison system that Hart was a part of. Oh, yeah. Okay. I didn't quite put it in my typed out thing here, hmm. but it was, what was it? It was something that Hart was taking a picture of. So, like, 
it was physically in his hands before, if gotcha. that makes sense. Okay. So it was like, like I carry a water, this reusable water bottle with me every day. Mm -hmm. And it was like, he took a picture of that specific water bottle that he had carried every day. Right. That was what was the picture right. that they found. Yes. So it linked directly to, yeah. to heart. Um, and then lastly, the cave was within walking distance of Hart's mother's house. Oh, so yeah, this one's like really pushing it right, that it's yeah. him. Um, so especially those glasses know, and right? the picture, like that's just like big red flags. Right, like this could be some serious evidence. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, in the second cave, there was traces of four fire spots and cigarette butts with mm. similarities to a native Indian smoke ritual. Huh. Um, the buds tested positive for the same blood type as heart. Okay. So there's that. Um, yeah. There was also a footprint found that matched the footprint found in tent eight, which was a nine and a half, uh -huh. although heart's foot size was an 11. I will say one thing about this. Okay. So, with shoes, yes, typically, you know, you wear a specific size. Mm -hmm. But from shoe to shoe, you can change sizes. Like, for me, for instance, I'm a smaller dude. I have smaller feet. But some sizes, I will wear a smaller size than what I typically do. Or sometimes I wear a bigger size. For instance, um, like gym shoes, yes. I typically wear a seven. I am almost always a seven in gym shoes. Okay. But in some boots or some looser fit shoes, like my snow boots mm -hmm. are a size like five and a half or six because oh, wow. they make okay. them looser fitting, right? Okay. So you can wear thicker socks and stuff. But then like some sandals, I have to go, you know, different sizes. So yeah. it's like... A nine and a half to an 11, it seems like a big jump. Right. But to me, not really. Yeah. Like he could have been just wearing different shoes that day, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Like he, okay. So, or let's say he wears a size 11 because he likes the room in oh. his toes, right? Okay. So maybe he needs to wear a wide, but he doesn't buy wides. He just buys his shoe size up. Oh, so I he see. could fit a 10, mm -hmm. but he comfortably wears an 11. So he could squeeze into a nine and a half. I got you. You know, so I I'm didn't even saying, think about that when I was reading. I was just yeah. like, oh, it's 11. It's not him. Yeah, no. <laughs> okay. Oh, I'm, wow. I'm backing you up here. It could be Okay, him. all could, right. He could, you know, it could have worked. All it right. It could have worked. All right, so we'll go ahead and. Yeah. Um, did you want to break on this real quick? Yeah. Okay. Should we Should we take a break? I yeah. might have to use the restroom. Okay. So same. Honestly, we'll, we will definitely be back. <laughs> We're right. hanging on. Welcome back, crew. Thanks for sticking it out with us. Mm -hmm. I know this is kind of a a rough one to listen yeah. to. I'm sure, but hopefully, it is educational enough and you know worth hearing the story. I definitely. think that. Sometimes in things like this, it is, you know, you just have to learn and know about it to maybe, you know, stop it from happening again. Sure. Yeah, definitely. You know? Well said, Nico. Yeah. Right. So we're going to kind of dive into the third cave now, yes. um, mm -hmm. as well as continue on with some more information. Yeah. So like I was saying earlier, there was three caves involved. We went over one and two. Mm -hmm. The third cave, uh, which lied about a mile from the camp. Okay. Um, and was notified to the police by another inmate who said he would meet Hart here, like, every once in a while. 
Interesting. So uh, uh, another person that reliably can be like, yes, I've been here right. with this person kind of thing. But is he reliable? He was another inmate. Yeah. Um, and that's always a argument too of like, are they just giving this information to make their stay less or better? Yeah. And are they really giving us honest to God, truthful answers right. or information? It's like, or is it just, Hey, I want a few years off my sentence. Right. Yeah, definitely. Um, but although inside this cave, there was a message carved like on the wall and it read seven, seven dash six dash one, seven. The killer was here. Bye bye fools. End quote. Hmm. Um, and this is really interesting okay. because the way that the date is set is, I guess, was based off of like a, um, a common military mm -hmm. system and then the prison system as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. With the seven, seven being the year yes. and then six, the month and then the date. Yes. Yeah. That mm -hmm. is a very interesting uh, point you make there that. It's prison and army system. Right. And so this other inmate guy who used to meet Hart here, like like I just said, he was mm -hmm. also an inmate. Right. So I kind of, you know, thought around a little bit about this, whether or not, like, this guy could have also committed these murders. Mm -hmm. And maybe he was just trying to pin it on Hart because of all the other evidence that yeah. was pushing it on him. I don't know. I would have well, considered him a suspect if I was the mm -hmm. part of the investigation team. I definitely would have interrogated him, but it's an interesting point you make there too, that he could almost be involved as well. Cause if we think back of the details, there were two different style knots. Mm -hmm. There are two different, you know, they use both hands. Yes. So it's like maybe two totally different people committed this together. Right. You know, good point Nico. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So they could have been in, in on it together. Yeah, teamwork to do this crime. Um, that's that's very intriguing. Yes, it is. And I'm sure if he knew about that one cave, like he, knew about he probably the knew about the others. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Well, and especially if they would meet there, I can imagine that Hart would share with him the other caves. Right. Um, especially like if he's sharing his, you know, secret place. Well, maybe it's not a secret place, but he shared this. Uh, location of this cave with him and maybe they did other crimes together you know yeah. and that could be their their spot so it's mm -hmm. like yeah yep. very yeah. some good information yeah there. this investigation part was like the most intriguing for me yeah. like i really enjoyed researching this mm -hmm. part of it but um weeks after the murders there was a security team set on camp to try and keep anyone from messing with the evidence so like yeah. as the time is going on and you know all their suspects aren't really getting them anywhere uh, and this is mainly outdoors so you know weather is gonna ruin some of their evidence mm -hmm. so they wanted to have a team there to make sure that Nothing no happened. person was yeah. gonna come in here and try to mess with it um although they did notice while they were there that some doors were being left open after they know that they've been shut mm -hmm. like if the whole camp is closed down yep why are some of these doors open when nobody is going in there? Exactly, you know? yeah. So it was kind of weird for the team to see that kind of stuff. And they also, like, in the evening, at night, they would see shadows in the woods. So, you know, it could be anything. But they did set up, like, I don't know exactly what kind of trap it was. But, it, like, 
a, a piece of string going from tree to tree, mm -hmm. and they try to use like try to track them that way. So they okay. would they would go through and line up lot like string to certain trees and see what path they would take. Right. So interesting. Yeah, so, and I thought that was a really great idea. Yeah. So to they try could, to figure out their patterns. Right. Because what if one of those trails that they tracked out mm -hmm. led right to the cave? Right. Then you could know, like, hey, we need to set up a team to watch this cave mm -hmm. and see if, you know. So I think if that was a really. Was a route that they took. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So I think that was a really good, smart idea mm -hmm. on their plant, their part. And some serious effort being, you know, put in to try to figure out who committed these crimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, they also got dogs again to try to help, mm -hmm. like, sniff out that trail that they were trying to snag and stuff. Um, but the dogs, which this is kind of weird, the dogs would come back with like blows to their head, with physical wounds to the head. They would come back whimpering to their owners. But I just don't know why they would let the dogs just like go without alone. Yeah, I mean, like maybe they just let them go ahead some, yeah. and they were just trailing behind and was like, okay, they'll stop mm -hmm. when they find something, you know. But they would immediately come back and you know, have wounds, and be hurt. Yeah, yeah, it's really sad. This is the seventies, so people were a little more loosey goosey back then. But yeah. So, but if, as far as I know, they usually keep the dogs. Within eyesight, you mm. know, so yeah, definitely. for something to be hitting them on the head, that's that's suspicious. Yeah, it really mm -hmm. is. Um, and then another day when the investigation team was returning to the Great Hall, which is where like they they set up most of their stuff, you know, their investigation. Yeah, so all of their information their, and stuff yeah. was in the Great Hall. Mm -hmm. This is where they would meet to have meetings and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, they did notice that there was a bag setting, like, right outside the front door. Weird. Which is very weird. Mm -hmm. Yes, and in this bag, it contained a pair of tennis shoes with the name Denise Milner. Uh -huh. Yes, written on them. And I read before that the, uh, the mom of Denise Milner yeah. was literally telling the investigation team, like, my daughter's shoes are missing, but the investigation team was like, we had account for all the shoes. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if it was like somebody broke into the investigation team, took the shoes, and then set them yeah. outside to like mess with the investigation team. Right, to or, be like, you're not doing all you can, neener, neener. Right, yeah. Or if like there was a mishap mm -hmm. and this guy had... Denise Mil Milner's shoes yeah. the whole time. I'm not and, really sure, but it's still scary. <laughs> yeah, and maybe the Denise had multiple shoes with her. True. So the investigators are like, "Yeah, we have three girls. We have three pairs of tennis shoes, but yeah. Denise, you know, maybe she was a kid that played in water a lot with <laughs> right. her shoes. So her mom's like, well, we're packing you an extra pair of shoes.' Yeah, right. You yeah, know? it could be. I, mm -hmm. I was the kid that always had like, we'd go for seven days. I'd have. 15 pairs of socks, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. and my socks got ruined with everything. Yeah. So, you know, and, and the, a mom would know that my mom packs the bag. Yep, so, definitely. you know, they're going, Hey, we have three girls, three shoes. And the mom's like, yep, but you're not getting these shoes. Yes. You know? Yeah. True. That's very interesting. Yep. All right. So it took about 10 months before the police could find Hart. Um, he was hiding in a friend's shack. This friend, also was a firm believer that he did not do it. Mm -hmm. um, the police arrested him on April 6, 1978 for the murders of the three Girl Scouts. 
Um, when, so that's that's nearly a year later. Mm -hmm, yeah, because that would the instance happened in June of seventy seven. Right. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, so almost a year later, mm -hmm. they finally caught him and arrested him. Yeah. and accused him of these crimes. Um, when he was asked if he killed these three young girls, he replied, "You'll never pin oh quote you'll never pin it on me." End mm. quote. And on top of it all, he was wearing women's prescription glasses the day of his arrest. So, I yeah. I am a, I feel like it was him. Yeah. I feel like a lot of this evidence is pointing straight to him, right. whether or not he had um, an accomplice. accomplice or not. I don't, I guess I don't really know. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It could be, like what you were saying earlier with that yeah. other inmate, that's super sketchy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, you know, sometimes when people commit crimes together, they do kind of have this um, confidence about them to where they're like, well, since both of us did it, you're not going to just get me. Right. So mm -hmm. him going, quote, you'll never pin it on me, uh, end quote, is like, you know, I know you're not going to be able to get me. Right. And it's like, well, why would you say that? Yeah. Because if you, if you are saying that, that means that hypothetically we could get you on it. Yeah. You just don't think we're going to be able to. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. He was involved somehow. Right. Yeah. 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 And uh, especially the... The glasses thing, that's such an, a specific thing to him, mm -hmm. you know? Yep. I don't know. I'm, I know. I'm siding with you. Okay. I really honestly, like, in our little investigation that we just have done over the course of these two episodes, <laughs> yeah. I really, you know, it's, I would have a hard time letting this guy go free. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Same. But, yeah. however, the jury did not... Find no. him guilty. <gasps> yeah, I know. I know, right? Yep. So they just let him go. Mm -hmm. uh, I was telling Nico way earlier today that I was having a hard time finding anybody that was held responsible for these murders. Mm -hmm. um, if it's not him, I don't know who it was. Yeah. But um, if you guys know anything, please reach out. Reach out to we're us. We're happy to do updates. Oh, if yeah. There that was something great. that we couldn't find that you guys found and we can you know let everybody all our other listeners know um because yeah and then when Jess was telling me this I kind of tried to do a little dive myself and still couldn't pull up um a final you know someone that they they got for it someone it's, they could pin yeah, for this mm -hmm. yeah yeah um about a year later after they did arrest him um Hart ended up dying from a heart attack. So if he was, if he was the murderer, he wouldn't have even been able, able to um, do the time for right. these murders. Which, I don't yeah, even know. It's, and that's something too. When you hear people are convicted of things and then they pass away mm -hmm. six months later, and you're like, well, they didn't even really do their suffering, right? Yeah, you know, I for agree. the crime they committed. Man, this this story. It's so interesting, and, you know, it's 1977, it's a different time, they had different evidence, but with what is set in front of us, mm -hmm. it's hard to argue that he, you know, is innocent. I understand a jury found him innocent, right. but why? What, what I would love to be in that juror room and know why they said, yeah, we don't have enough to get this guy. Yep. Because the glasses, the... The and newspaper. The newspaper, that is a huge yes. thing. 
Um, you know, and especially because you can kind of tell when newspapers are of the same time. Yeah. Even if you don't have a date on them, you know, you can see they're worn the same or, you yeah. know, like. Or even if you have just like a super specific part torn of out. The story. Of yeah. the story. You could be like, oh, that was happening this time. Yeah. Yeah, that's so. true, too. And just that he hung out in the caves around the area mm -hmm. that, you know. and. It's that points out that he knows the land exactly yeah. so that would make him it would be easier for him to walk around at night mm -hmm. than somebody who's not familiar right. with the area so it's like mm -hmm. and the point i brought up earlier about how um you know if it was someone from the area that they would know when the girl scouts kind of came to do their camps mm -hmm. um and maybe you know maybe they had the idea okay well normally they're here for two weeks so, yeah. you know, I have, uh, let me try to do it this night. And then, you know, like right. all of the thought that could have been put into this, you know, and it could be this guy sitting right in front of us who is comfortable with the um, caves in the area, mm -hmm. who's comfortable with the area, who has also already been to jail for doing something horrific yep. in a similar situation. Yeah. And, the glasses, you just can't get over the prescription I know. glasses. And the fact that he had women's glasses on during, during the arrest is yes. like red flags. Whoa. Oh, all over. All Gosh. over. Yeah. So this was this was a fun story, Jess. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. yeah. Um was... actually I will I'll give a shout out to um one of my co-workers who okay. told me about it nice. yeah they yeah. they were like hey you should look up this one and it was like mm -hmm. oklahoma you're midwest and i was like all right cool i'll we check are. it out and then yeah. i started reading about it and i was like oh wow this is really interesting i'll definitely share this with everybody yeah. i do like to hear from our listeners what stories you guys want to hear mm, yes yeah we were couch detectives like we've said we have um you know listened and read true crime for the last years but there's always stuff that we haven't heard about. Mm -hmm. You know, at the rate that crime happens, there is plenty that happens that we haven't covered, we don't know, we haven't heard about. So if you guys have a really good story that, you know, you think really needs to be told, we are happy to give that our platform yeah. to that um, and cover something that, you know, is Midwestern or as we have done in the past, we we don't have to strictly do Midwest. <laughs> yeah, that's right. just what we um, started. It yeah, yeah, fast. you yeah. know, and that's we're proud Midwestern, so that's what we do. But if it's you know, if it's a if it's a story that's worth telling and can possibly make a difference in someone's life, that's what we want to do. That's yep. what we're here for. You know. Yep. All right, and go and follow us on our yes. social medias. Instagram. Please, we appreciate everything. Facebook. Yes. Twitter. Twitter. Email us. Yes. We still are not giving out our address. Not yet. No, please ask for a PO <laughs> box or nothing. So right. We'll yeah. wait a little bit longer. We'll a little bit. But <laughs> if you want to check us out, um, most of our social media is Midwest Crime or Midwest Crime Podcast. Yeah. Send us a like. You know, subscribe to the show mm -hmm. um, and tell your friends. We we love interaction and we love to have new listeners. Yeah. Um, Last time we did a little read on who our listeners are. There were some of you who were not from the States, uh -huh. which was totally so, so cool. cool. <laughs> um, we kind of were like, what is this thing working right? You yeah. know, the, um, it's just wonderful to have so many people that are from just different walks of life and different areas, um, you know, and just 
listening to us, yep. two, two goons from the Midwest. Right. And on that note, thanks, thanks for, for your time, time crew. crew.